I want to mention this because my mom used to say, you're just so Americanized. And I, and I always explained to her, you know what? At the beginning, I did it because I needed to survive. And that was the only way to do it. You had to become part of it, part of the traditions, part of the life of your new life. And, you know, years later, I told mom, I said, you know, I did it because that's the only way that I could reach my goals. Hey guys, this is Coach K, and you're listening to the Making Changes, Breaking Barriers podcast, where we talk about you. This is about you, your mind, and your path. So welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thank you for being here. Like always, I'm very appreciative for you taking time out of your day to listen to me speak. And luckily today, and luckily for all of you, we have a, another person on the podcast today. If you're watching the video, you can see if you're not, I'm going to leave it as a surprise here for another another minute, but <laughs> you get to hear from someone else today and, and hear about their incredible journey to where they are now and how they how they built that life. But real quick, before we get into that, I just want to say, and I've been saying this on some of my podcasts previously as well, but if you have been listening to this podcast consistently and you are really enjoying it, I would really appreciate if you take the time to go onto whatever platform you're listening on, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and leave a rating and review. Doing that not only you know gives me a good smile to see new reviews in there, but it also then kind of pushes those platforms to push the podcast out to new listeners so we can just spread this message to more and more people. So I'd really appreciate, appreciate that if you could take the time to do that. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and give the bio for our guest today. And very quickly, you will know who I'm talking about. Again, if you're listening to this and not watching. But instead of just doing a normal bio like I normally do for my podcast guests, I am actually going to read something I wrote for this person at one point. And I actually wrote this letter to this person on my wedding day. So I'm not going to read the entire letter. It actually was very long. I went back and read it a few days ago and I was like, wow, I had a lot to say, but I'm going to read just a few parts of it. Hopefully neither of us get too emotional or tears before we even start getting to the good stuff. So here we go. Mom, your one and only daughter, your baby girl is getting married today. Can you even believe it? I don't know what it feels like to be a parent, but I can only imagine the emotions rushing through you today. You brought me into this world, helped me grow, and now watch as I marry the love of my life. Mom, I'm so happy, happier than I've ever been, and I predict my sense of happiness will only continue to grow as I grow through life with Cora. She is the perfect person for me. And then I go on and on in the, in the letter, just about a bunch of nice things about Cora, but I'm going to skip that part for this episode. So then I say, I'm so proud to call you my mom. I know everyone says that they have the best mom in the world, but when I say it, it's the truth. I can't imagine a person who is better, a better mother than you've been to Alex, Brandon, and I. We have grown up so privileged to live in a household that you managed. You made us feel so loved. You made us feel so safe. And you always made us feel like our possibilities in the world were endless. I don't think I could ever fully wrap my head around this when I was a kid, but I want you to know that now I am so in awe of the life you've created for yourself and your family. Sometimes I think I'm brave and then I think about you 
getting on a plane, which we're going to talk about today. This is going to be the good stuff today. But getting on a plane at 18 years of age to go to a new country where you barely spoke the language to create a better life for yourself or a different life. We'll maybe ask that question. <laughs> I mean, talk about courage. I get my courage from you, mom. You, you created a life for yourself that not only provides for your kids, but also provides for a lot of your other family members as well. How selfless is that? Even though it look a lot different, I only can hope that I can support and be there for my family like you have always been for yours. Mom, thank you for being my rock. You are always there for me. It's an amazing feeling to know that I have someone I can call anytime and say I need you and you will be there. How many people can say that? That is love. That is unconditional love. Whether I was having a nightmare as a kid or I needed help with a project late at night in high school or countless rides to basketball tournaments and games or going through my first breakup or helping me move into college or helping me run my first auction and on and on and on, you're always there. I can count on you and I want you to know you can count on me too. I'll be there for you through anything, just so you know. I'm your daughter and can be that person for you too. <laughs> So with that being said, you obviously know who's here with us today. I want to welcome my mom, Beatrice Williams, onto the Making, Ch Making Changes Breaking Barriers podcast for the first time. So welcome and thank you for doing this with me today. Thank you. Yeah. So like I already mentioned, one of the big reasons that I wanted to have my mom on the podcast today, and not just because I love her and she's an awesome person, but she really does have an amazing story. So I'll let you kind of tell that story a little bit, where you grew up, and just start with where did that idea come from? What gave you the idea to come over here for college? Well, first I want to say you surprised me <laughs> <laughs> with reading part of the letter. So thank you again for allowing me to listen to the letter from, you know, listening to your own words. So mm -hmm. that was very special. Mm -hmm. But so yes, I grew up in Venezuela and I had just finished high school and there was the opportunity to apply for an academic scholarship to come to the U.S. And not many students were doing that during that time, but I really was excited about it and I decided to apply for it. And it was kind of like my idea and some of my friends' ideas, but my parents also got really excited about it. You know, just having the opportunity to go to another country, and it could have been anywhere. I mean, it could have been in Europe, but I picked the U.S. just the idea of learning English and, and, you know, just having the opportunity to experience another culture and, and go to college, you know, in a different country. So the idea was kind of mine. I actually, it didn't happen right away. So I was a little bit disappointed. So I already, I got into college right away in Venezuela. So I was going to college full time and working part time for like a year and a half. Okay. After high school, before I got you know, the call that my scholarship had been approved mm -hmm. to go into the, to go to the U.S. So at that point, I didn't want to come. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I, you know, I had a life. I was going to school and doing well. And I was working part time and, and I was dating somebody. So <laughs> it just, the idea of living just didn't sound appealing to me. But my dad actually was the one who kind of talked me into it. Mm. Yeah, he, he, he said, you know, hey, if anything, go and learn another language and, you know, it will help you to come back and with your career. And uh, yeah, so I decided to come. So did any of those 
credits or classes transfer no. from the year and a half that you did? No. no, unfortunately. And my major was computer science. So all the classes that I was taking, they were like physics and mathematics and, you know, a lot of hard classes and none of that. No, I came, you know, fresh. I came to the U.S. and none of my credits, you know, transfer. Interesting because you would even think with some of those classes like physics and math that those should have been able to transfer because I can't imagine that they're, they shouldn't be different, right? They should actually be consistent. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So your dad actually pushed you. Do you, can you kind of explain like, what do you feel like he saw as the opportunity? Like what was the, you know, living in Venezuela, what was it about coming to the States that was like, Hey, this is an opportunity that you should take. I mean, I think the major thing was learning English. Okay. like being bilingual mm -hmm. and especially in my field, because I, I wanted to study computers and, you know, all the new technology at that time and everything was so new. So even my, some of my books in college were in English. Hmm. So I had to study them in, you know, the class in English, even though the testing then was in Spanish, but a lot of the books that I use for research and just to add to the class were in English. So English was, you know, a language that, it, there wasn't, it wasn't an advantage to learn, you know, mm -hmm. the language. So I think that's one of the things that my dad thought about it. Got it. And, and so you were already a year and a half into college mm -hmm. and, and dating someone. And so you had, it wasn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't, didn't feel quite as exciting as maybe it did coming right out of high school. Yeah. And so was it just that push from your dad that you were like, okay, I got to do this. Like, do you feel like you really had to kind of pump yourself up about it? You know, I kind of did, but we had a, so I pretty much had like a semester to get ready to come and we had a lot of orientation and there was a group of, it was a group of five of us that were going to the same city, mm -hmm. to the same college. So meeting them and getting to know them and getting, you know, ready to go to another country with a group, it got, you know, I got more excited as we got to know each other. So mm -hmm. there were five of us, there were two girls and three men and three guys. And to this day, we're still friends. So that kind of got us excited. And we have so many plans. That's something else that I can tell you. About <laughs> yeah. And I, okay. So I, I can imagine that a little bit because when you go to college, that's mm -hmm. kind of part of it too, is like you're meeting all these new people mm -hmm. and you're creating these new friend groups. And so if you were able to do that with those five people before even ever coming over here, I mean, that, that probably helps ease the nerves. I mean, I'm sure they were still there, but it um, creates more excitement. And yes. Stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Okay. But other than friends, you also have a ton of siblings. Obviously yeah. you're the oldest. I don't know if you want to go through how many siblings that you have, <laughs> but was there any, re do you remember there being any reaction there from them or? Well, I'm the oldest <laughs> of eight. So no, because I was the oldest and I was already away from home. I mean, I already have left my mom's house and it wasn't, I don't know. I don't remember like that was an issue okay. really. I think they actually probably were excited, you know, that I was doing, you know, that I was doing that. So, but I was pretty much living on my own already and doing my own thing. So got it. Okay. Was that pretty common in the town that you grew up in for people to go away for college or was that just always your track because you were a bright student? Yes. It's no, it wasn't. Okay. I mean, you literally in Venezuela and I don't know now I have been gone for a while, but the tradition is like you left home when you got married. I mean, you didn't go away from college. Like we do it here in the U S you stay close to home and all that. I happened to one 
to study a career that took me away from home, but it wasn't the common thing to do. Okay. So yeah, you just always had that drive for Mm -hmm. something more different. I don't know exactly how you want to put it, but yeah, you know, I always, I knew, I knew I was going to have a career. I knew I was going to graduate from college. There was no even a question in my mind and that I was going to do that. And being the oldest, I think even more, I wanted to do well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at that point, my goals were to, you know, be able to work, have a good job and, and help my family. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, I, I never questioned, there was never a doubt mm-hmm. in my mind that I was going to, you know, do well and study and, you know, be able to have a good job. Do you feel like part of that, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but do you feel like part of that came from feeling of responsibility because you had so many younger siblings and, but, or, and also do you feel like either one of your parents, maybe both, maybe one of them like instilled that confidence in you? Like, Hey, you're maybe different than some of the other people here. Like you're bright. Like you have this future in front of you. Yes. So, so my parents were already divorced and my mom you know, we, we, my, my parents divorced when I was 11. So, and we lived with my mom. So my mom was a single mom that worked full time and being the oldest, I always had to help. I had to help. I had to be kind of in charge. And so I was very independent. I mean, even before I left home and I always, yeah, I always felt responsible and, Mm -hmm. and, and to not too long ago, I kind of felt responsible for a lot (laughs) of my siblings and, Fortunately, I'm kind of working on that and it's been really a great experience to kind of just relieve, release that responsibility, which is not mine anymore. But I did. I did had a sense of responsibility to do well and to accomplish my goals. Yeah. I'm sure. I can't imagine what it's like to have eight siblings, let alone being the, be the oldest of eight. So, okay. So you get to the States, you get here mm-hmm. for college. I don't feel like I've ever asked you this before. Once you were here... So just to backtrack a second, when I went off to college, okay, I came home. I came home for fall break for like three mm-hmm. days. Granted, I, I went to school up in Oregon and we lived down in California. So it was pretty, a lot closer than Kansas to Venezuela. But I came home for Thanksgiving. I came over for Christmas, you know, many times. But once you were here, did when was the next time you saw your family? Well... So just to know, totally different experience. So I didn't see my family until a year later. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't go to to back to Venezuela until the next summer. So the summer after I, I had a year here in the U.S. because of money and because of just just the time being allowed. So when I my first Christmas in the, in the U.S., yeah, I was here without family or anybody that I knew for a long time. But my roommate Leslie who is now my sister-in-law, invited me to her house. Actually, I was there for Thanksgiving, and which was a great time for me. And and Thanksgiving is something I didn't grow up with either. So Mm -hmm. it was my first experience of Thanksgiving at her house, her parents' house. And then they invited me for Christmas too. But I had to work. So I literally spent Christmas with them, and then they, they dropped me back to to where the university was in Ottawa, Kansas, because I had to work. So I (laughs) spent a few days by myself in this little studio apartment. You know, it was hard. It was just right after Christmas and it was just me 
walking to school with snow up to my knees <sighs> because it was winter, you know, it's yeah. winter. Uh, yeah, it was, it was hard. You know, that first mm-hmm. Christmas was hard and, but you know, it's, it was part of the experience and I think I learned about and I mean, a, a lot. I learned a lot from it and I grew up a lot, mm-hmm. even like that. But uh, yeah. So you went home for like the full summer between semesters after their first year there? No, actually I took a cup. So I just, so what happened when I got to that university, I had to just take English classes for a whole year, like full-time English. Okay. It was English just to learn, you know, just to learn the language. Okay. So then before I went home, I wanted to make sure I took a couple of classes, summer classes to make sure that I got myself into the, you know, Okay. The routine. So yeah. I took a couple of classes, the first section of the summer, and then I went home. Okay. So I pretty much, I, it was just like a month. Yeah. So you're home for a month. And then was there any feeling of like, oh, do I go back? Or was it like at that point you just, you were excited about it? Or what was your feeling then? Yes. At that point I was excited about it and to come back. But there were months before I went home where I would just call my mom and say, I just want to go home. I just, I mean, it was hard. You, I thought I knew some English. I could read it, but when people will speak to me, I could not understand. Mm. I mean, it's, it, there is something about being able to read a language and then listening to the phonic, which is totally different. So it was very hard to do that. And I call mom many times telling her, you know, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. But she remind me, you know, what my goals were and what I wanted to do. And of course she said, whatever you want to do, do it, but just, Mm -hmm. you know, just take time and figure out really, you know, what you want to do and give it time, give it time. But I, you know, all of us, the five of us that arrived at that university, we were thrown into dorms with roommates that did not speak Spanish. Wow. So it was, but you have to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way you learn. You know, you could not just speak speaking Spanish all the time. <laughs> yeah. And well, I guess that does make sense because especially if your first year, all your classes are English speaking classes, mm-hmm. well, you're getting the classes part of it. But then, like you said, you have to kind of be ingrained in order to start understanding it when you're hearing it. And what better way than for your roommate to be someone who's only going to speak English to you. I think it's funny to the just you being thrown into the American culture with going to Thanksgiving at Leslie's house. I'm sure that was just quite the, you know, Midwestern Thanksgiving experience. That yes. was very eye opening. And a small town in Kansas. And it was an experience. And I didn't speak that much English then. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, but it was great. That's the way I believe that I learned. And, and you know, I, I want to mention this because my mom used to say, you're just so Americanized. And I, and I always explained to her, you know what? At the beginning, I did it because I needed to survive. And that was the only way to do it. You had to become part of it, part of the tradition, part of the life, of your new life. And, you know, years later, I told mom, I said, you know, I did it because that's the only way that I could reach my goals. Mm-hmm. And, and going to places that out of my comfort zone, like do Thanksgiving with people that I didn't know. And I barely spoke the language. It was part of it. That leads me kind of into my next question, Mm -hmm. which is there's so much excitement around this opportunity, right? And Mm -hmm. and there's obviously a lot of positives. Was there anything else that you can remember back to that you 
feel like you did or you learned in that experience with how hard it was? Well, what I, what I really realized too, that it was hard, but the support was there. Okay. We had the support. I mean, one thing, and I think it was planned, the supervisor or the director of the international program at Ottawa University, who I adore, Dr. Morty, and he's still, you know, they're celebrating his 50th year at Ottawa University in, in, during the fall. Oh, wow. And, you know, we all invited. He, he has, he organized things very well. Like even the, the Venezuelan students, we were known in the same dorms. We were not in the same classes, mm -hmm. so we had to survive speaking English with people from Japan, oh. people from Thailand, people from, the, from France. So everything was very organized in a way that they helped us to, to, to be successful, mm -hmm. you know, because we were really trying to learn English and they were doing it in a way that almost forced us, even if it's within me to. Mm -hmm. But... Something that I learned, and I know that was your question, is I learned about myself that I can do it. I mean, I could do it. I, If I set my mind to it, I, there was nothing that was going to stop me. I said this in my letter to start the podcast, but when I, and I didn't fully grasp this until later on in my life, because I think as a kid, I, I knew that you came here from Venezuela, but I didn't <laughs> fully understand. But when I thought about what you really did and how you survived that I know that's a little bit dramatic but I feel like it gives <laughs> that's right yeah that's about right <laughs> it, it just it's such a great you're it's such a great ex example and you're such a great role model for like hey you can do it you can push through this is going to be hard but but you chose to do it and it's going to be worth it so yeah and absolutely it's been worth it I mean there were a lot of times that I you know like I said I wanted to go home and I didn't want it to keep going but I'm so glad today that I didn't and you know the people that I met through the years, they have been such a great support for me. And I think you know that. I have friends that, you know, I still keep in touch with. And obviously I met who are part of our family now. And But it was hard sometimes. I mean, I need to tell you this because this is kind of funny. But even going to a party. So in Venezuela, party means dancing, having fun. And, and you know, I... I was no a drinker, but I love to dance. Yeah, you and still I still do. And I <laughs> and I remember being invited to the first party, and when I'm going to the party, and I'm like, and where's the music? And where's <laughs> oh the dancing? Gosh. And there was no dancing, and there was barely any music, and people were just drinking, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this, even this is not yeah. good. <laughs> this is so but boring. What is so everyone doing? I'm in college. Yeah. We're in college. What did you? What are we doing? Yeah. But anyways, it was just part of the experience yeah exactly part of experience it, that's probably one thing that was would have been a lot more fun if you went to college in venezuela it would have been the dance parties <laughs> i can say that for sure yeah. but two two questions i'm just curious about okay when was the first time a family member including even one of your parents mm. who came and visited you in the states well it was not after two years okay that i was here in the states and, and it and it was it was actually my mom okay and I was getting married. I was getting married to your dad. So okay. they came for the wedding. They so nobody came. Event. Yeah, they came for the big event. And it was my mom and my dad and his wife. And my grandma actually came, my, my dad's mom and my baby uncle with his family. Okay. So those are, that's my family that came to the wedding. So yeah. In and Ottawa, I, Kansas. And I'm sure there was, 
I mean, obviously excitement that they were coming, but also you were getting married. So you probably just had so many emotions at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was just, you know, sometimes I look back and I try to remember and I don't know, I think I just kind of block some of the memories because you are just such a, I mean, for me, it was such a big deal Mm -hmm. to marry, you know, somebody that wasn't from Venezuela and, and no marry, no getting married in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. And that was huge. But the opportunity was there and we, you know, we could not do it. And there was a lot of things happening afterwards that, you know, we made the decision to, yeah. to get married. Yeah. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think it's fair to say, like, obviously you wanted to get married and, and what a great day. But at the same time, there was probably a little bit of like even grief to say, okay, well, I'm not going to be getting married in Venezuela and, yeah. and all my siblings aren't going to be there and all that. Yeah. 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 It was huge. And I want to, explain to you a little bit what happened because it was part again of my journey Mm -hmm. because the reason that we got married in July after your dad graduated from college and I was I still was a sophomore on my degree because I had that year of English Mm -hmm. because um, your dad got accepted to grad school in Mm -hmm. Carnegie Mellon and at that point we had no money you know we I wasn't going to be able to visit him or him visit me so we decided to get married earlier. We were going to get married in December, you know, at yeah. home in Venezuela. And, but then I said, well, the only reason I will do it is if my scholarship transfer, if all my credits transfer, which, you know, that's a big, yeah. that's a big thing. And everything worked, everything, you know, I got accepted at Chatham University in Pittsburgh and all my credits transfer. Wow. All my credits, which is something that is on her off. So yeah, what's meant to be. <laughs> yeah. And you had already had that year and a half that didn't transfer and yeah. you had these goals set out yours for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you like had those yeah. qualifications, but it all worked out like you yeah. said. Okay. So I said I had two questions. So the mm-hmm. other question is, was there anything that once you got here and you started experiencing the American culture that really surprised you about it that you weren't really expecting? Well, you need to remember, so there was no social media. Yeah. There was no emails yet. So it was movies. And, you know, there was a stereotype of when you see movies and American movies. And okay, yeah. you always, you know, we always saw people like, you know, the Americans were colder. Like the the, the culture was not as warm as the Hispanic mm. culture and all that. And, well, I did not experience that at all. I mean, I was surprised to how welcoming the people were at the university and, and the friends, you know, that they were always there for us, especially for the international students. It's almost like they knew how Mm -hmm. hard, you know, was, and, you know, they were always there for us to support us and to offer us help. And since this was a small university, like about 500 students, then we have what they call college parents. So we have parents adopted adoptive parents oh, cool. that will take us to their house for dinner on Sundays. We're allowed to do laundry in, at their houses. So there was, you know, it was such a small town that they were able to do that and yeah. a small university. So that was, you know, something that I didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. And it was totally different than, you know, what I thought it was going to be. So it sounds like the international program set up that the college had just was pretty awesome like yeah. it, it provided the support in a tough situation that you guys needed so it awesome. was and it was a small i mean it was really a college town and yeah. i think it's still to this day it is mm-hmm. i mean ottawa university is the, the town you know and and a lot of students 
um, get there and become, become part of the town because of the warm welcoming that, you know, get, they get from everybody. So I know that you and dad, you know, you guys built everything that you have now, the, the family, you know, the wealth, et cetera, the life that, you know, we got to grow up in as kids, but you guys didn't get to that point maybe until your early forties or so. Mm -hmm. Like I know it wasn't, you know, there was not a struggle, but just like anyone else, you guys had to build up that family and build up that wealth and, and whatnot. But my question is, did you ever have moments where you thought back to how you grew up and how different that life was from like what you were living then or even now? Yes. But it was different and maybe in a different way than you were thinking about it. Okay. Because the life, you're right, your dad and I started as students and college mm -hmm. students and built our careers and started our life together with financially nothing, whatever we were, you know, mm -hmm. working for. So yes, we had to, we have to, you know, we had to start from, from the bottom and we had, you know, there were struggles because of money and sometimes, you know, living out of credit cards, but we were very blessed to be able to graduate and get jobs right after, you know, we graduated. And what you're saying about different at that point wasn't because like I told you, that mm -hmm. was always my goal. Okay. There was never a doubt in my mind that I was going to be successful and mm -hmm. I was going to have a career and a job. But like you said, fast forward a little bit later, maybe when we moved to California mm -hmm. the second time to Eldorado Hills to a more permanent situation. Yes. At that point, and you're right, it, we were in our forties or early forties. It was like a wow. Mm -hmm. it would have been really hard for me to accomplish and have what we had at that point, material things mm -hmm. at home, mm -hmm. just because of Venezuela as a third world country. So it, it just would take a lot more. Not that it didn't take a lot of work here. It did, mm -hmm. but it just would have taken a lot of more work and money and, you know, effort to do it there. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of what I was getting at because just for anyone listening, what my mom was referring to when we moved to California and back to Eldorado Hills for the, well, Eldorado Hills for the first time, but back to California for yeah. the second time. That's what I really remember because yeah. I was five when we moved or maybe almost six when we moved to Eldorado Hills. And so that house that I grew up in and you guys had for 25 years, mm -hmm. is that right? Yes. Yeah. Is the house that I remember and all of those memories are what I remember. Obviously you guys were years into building this family and that life for, a long time, but I always just get, I guess, wondered like, okay, well this house, which is, you know, was in a nice neighborhood and yeah. a nice community, you know, was so different from what then I remembered when I was 10 and we went to Venezuela and visited, you know, yeah. your mom and your sister and, and mm -hmm. whatnot. So yeah. yeah, sounds like you did have those wow moments. Yeah. And it was very different. I mean, when I think about it, you know, the way I grew up and it, like I told you, my mom was a single mom and she worked full time and we all, we never owned a home. When my parents got divorced, one of the things that they lost in the marriage was their home. So we always, with my mom, we rented. So, you know, it's almost like, and it wasn't bad. And that's the thing. My mom always made things look good. Mm -hmm. and feel good more than look good. Just feel good. Like it's, it was always home, but we rented. And I mean, for what that I can remember, maybe we went through eight different houses in, you know, from my, when I was 11 years old until I was 18 and I left home. So 
it was very different to just half at home. And like you said, we were there for 25 years and it was our home. So that part was a little bit different. But when I think about it, I realized that's, but that's all that my mom could do, mm-hmm. you know? So, and that's what I feel blessed. I feel blessed that, you know, we could, your dad and I could do that for our family mm-hmm. and a little bit more sense of stability, I guess. Yeah. And I, I do think it is also amazing just going back to kind of what you were describing as your childhood too, that I feel like it was never a conversation that you had with us as kids of like, well, I didn't grow up with much or, you know, almost sometimes, I don't know, like throwing it in our face. Like you guys don't know what you you have, you know, or anything like that. I can only just imagine the job that your mom did as a mother, because whenever you talk about your experience as a child and, and the life that your mom gave you, it's all positive. It feels all positive, you know? Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's what is important about the experience because fin- materially, I mean, if you look at the material part of it, yeah, it was a very different experience that you guys had. We mm-hmm. gave you guys and I had. But, I mean, little things like going to the beach with my mother and she made it so special. And even boiled eggs with salt, it tasted so good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just sandwich bread with butter and sugar, it just tasted so good because she made it that way. So she always made this, this experience so beautiful and so so I guess I didn't think about it a lot because I felt like even we didn't have a lot of material things I always felt like we had a lot Mm -hmm. but I do believe that we your dad and I also provide for you guys Mm -hmm. what in a lot of cases we we didn't have because we were not able to have when we were growing up Mm -hmm. and we offered you things that we didn't have you know, that we were able to provide for you guys. So mm-hmm. I do think there is a sense wanting to do that because you didn't have it, Yeah, you know, you didn't have it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I just want to say too, I know dad was in a similar boat. Like he didn't grow up in a third world country, but I know that he also didn't grow up with all the things that we grew up with kids either. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But I, I want you to be honest with me. I'm curious okay. about this. You <laughs> never did it. Like I never remember you doing this, which I applaud you for. Cause I feel like it would be tough, but was there ever moments when we were three little kids running around and we had all the things we had game boys, we had little digital cameras. We had, I mean, we had so many little things that you were just in the back of your head. Like you guys don't even know how good you have it. Like I didn't have any of this stuff when I was a kid. Like I wasn't going on any of these vacations either or like, you know, whatever. You know, I, I, I believe I, thought about it like you have no idea you have no idea but I mean and I'm being honest it was it made me so happy to be able to to have that those opportunities for you guys it really did Mm -hmm. and I think is that's just part of it of part of sharing the wealth and that's one of the things that give me happiness Mm -hmm. and not only with you guys but with others too yeah that's awesome. Because I do think that there's many ways that that, like, that situation can be approached. And yeah, so just, absolutely. yeah, for you and dad to both have the approach of just, it brings you joy to share that is, and I see that because you don't only do it with us, your kids, but you do it with other family as well. It's yeah. really cool. But that brings me to the other family piece. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, like we talked about for a while, you were here in the States and 
all of your family was still back in Venezuela. Mm -hmm. And that was the case for a long time. And now that's not the case. (laughs) Now you live here and you have a lot of family that lives around you. And so I wanted to ask, like, what does that feel like? What does that feel like to now be, you know, in the stage that you are in your life and be kind of surrounded by family? Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's amazing. Like you said, we didn't, I didn't have the experience of, and you guys didn't either, because when you guys were growing up, we never lived close to family Mm -hmm. and, and especially not my family. And I never thought that I would have part of my family living close to me. And in the last 10 years, I have three of my siblings that have moved to this, you know, just five minutes away from us. So it's just, it's been an incredible opportunity to reconnect, reconnect, especially with my brother who we're only five years apart. And I left and he was still, you know, in, in high school, well, just starting high school. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I didn't have a relationship with relationship with him because he was younger. Mm -hmm. So it's just been really amazing to reconnect with him and, and have, uh, become friends. And we have a very close relationship. And then I have two of my half siblings that also move here after being in Florida for 16 years and they even more them because they were babies when I left. Yeah. Like how old were they? uh, Well, well, my, my little sister Rosa, she was just one, you know, two years. So I really, you know, we really didn't know each other. You didn't know her. Yeah. So of course, when I went home, I visited and we saw each other, but it wasn't until, you know, she moved to California that we created a relationship. Wow. And now with my other brother, Frank, it's a little bit different because I, he was, I was already taking, helping to take care of him okay. when I left home, but, but it's still, they were very young and it wasn't until now that we have built a, an adult relationship. And it's really, I wish that you guys, that they would have been here when you guys were younger and yeah. were home to have that, you know, experience of being close, you know, growing up close to family, but. Me too, because they're they're awesome. We love Frank and Rosa and, and Luis. And we have great parties. Yes. Yeah. And great food. <laughs> and, and dancing. And they help with so many things, like the amount of things that they've helped moving and Frank with all his handy skills. Yeah. And But that is interesting to think about because I think I was, I can't remember, 10 or 12 the last time I ever went to Venezuela. Yeah. But I remember when... I, we would go, we would visit with them. Like, I remember we would see Maddie and we would mm-hmm. see Frank and, and mm-hmm. all of them. But even at that point, I mean, I don't, like, you wouldn't have really have spent that much time with them no. in person. I know you guys have always been very, really great at communicating yeah. of, in other ways, but you wouldn't have spent that much time with them as an adult at that point. No. no. But even though, like you said, we were, we were, you know, growing in different countries at mm-hmm. We kept a close, close relationship and, and communication. And my mom was part of it for many years because she made sure, you know, the boys call me on my birthday and stuff like that. Because I was the only one gone for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And so she was part of, you know, keeping that communication flowing and making sure that, you know, we were in touch. And of course, like you said, every time we went to Venezuela, we visited and we knew them and and yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting, but the love have been there all along and, you know, it just, just took a little bit of time, you know, getting 
together in the same seating and reconnecting again. Mm -hmm. So, and like I told you before, I'm the oldest. So a lot of times (laughs) the calls are there just because they think I can fix everything, but I can't. (laughs) Yeah. I can't, I can't even tell you the amount of times, like I can think back to when we were in the old house and you're on like an actual phone, not a cell phone, (laughs) like a phone, house line, whatever that's called. And you're just, I can tell in the tone, you're like trying to mediate some sort of conflict yes, between yes, the family. Yes, it feels always. like you've always been that. Yeah. But I am graduating from, actually, I already graduated from it. I'm oh. not letting them call me my old, the older sister anymore. Really? I'm just another sibling because we're all adults hmm. and everybody can take care of how, their own problems. How has that transition <laughs> gone so far? You know, with my siblings, it's going well, actually. Now, my dad that is visiting right now, he's having a little bit of a hard time with that because mm. he, he always wants to put to. me in, in charge. And I'm like, nope. Yeah, I'm not in charge anymore. <laughs> That's funny. Well, good job setting your boundaries. We talk about that a lot on this podcast Definitely boundaries. too. Yes. yes. And I have to say, I, I so I'm, as you guys can see the back, well, if you're watching the video, the background is a little bit different than normal because I'm actually <laughs> at my mom's and dad's house right now. And yesterday, Cora and I got here and we were here working and my mom was out running a few errands. And my mom and I can actually track each other on our phones through the (laughs) find my friends app. And I gave her a hard time when she came home, kind of just being silly because she told me where she was going. But then I all of a sudden saw she was at her brother's house (laughs) and that wasn't the place, place that she had told, or that wasn't one of the places she had told me she was stopping at. So she gets home and I was like, I saw you were at Frank's house kind of giving her a hard time. (laughs) But in reality, I have to say, it actually brings me so much joy that you can like just on your way home from running errands, like stop at your brother's house. Yeah. Like that is really cool, it is, you know, it and, and something cool. you didn't have for a really long time. And so mm-hmm. even though, yeah, there might be the, I have to set my boundary to, you know, not be the <laughs> big sister anymore, but to be able to have that support is really cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. It's very nice to be able to just to stop by yeah. and just knock at the door. Here I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up, but I know, but like I always do with all of my guests, I do have a rapid fire round planned. So basically how the rapid fire round goes is I'm going to ask a question and the goal for you is to answer in one word to one sentence max Okay. and as fast as you can. It's supposed to be like first thing that comes to mind. All right. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Question number one. What is one thing that you're grateful for right now? Joy. What is one thing that you are working on right now? Myself. I love it. What is something that is making you inspired right now? (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Just looking at the future. What is one place in the world where you would still want to travel? And just so you guys know, my mom has traveled to a lot of places <laughs> and she's been on a lot of cool trips lately. So I, I'm curious about this question. Alaska. Ooh, that's on my <laughs> list as well, actually. Okay, awesome. And then number five, really, really curious about this one, favorite child. No, just kidding. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that to me. Don't answer that one. <laughs> uh, okay, I have to actually think of the fifth one because I didn't think of it. Okay, real question number five. Okay. Would you ever be on this podcast again? Of course. Yay. I will. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> and I love sharing things with you that probably I told you and there are some that I haven't told you. Yeah. So it's been a great experience. Well, thank you for being on. And I, you know, I... I, I uh, selfishly really love doing episodes like this with people like you and with Cora, because I even feel like it's 
one day going to be really fun to even be able to listen back to this, right? <laughs> you know, 10 years from yep. now, be able to listen back to this. It's just like these memories that we've created that we can look back on, which I think is really awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Cool. Well, like I said, thank you again for being on. I really appreciate it. I love you. I love you more. <laughs> <laughs> and so I will leave you guys with this like I always do. Changing your path will not be easy. It will be challenging. And I'll say that over and over again, but it will be worth it. So do a self-check today. Are you on your path up your mountain? And if not, what path are you on? Thank you.